Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Roto-Grinders presents the Daily Fantasy Fix Podcast. Bringing you up to the minute industry news. Time for me to tell you about the biggest tournament in the history of daily fantasy sports. Interviews from the biggest names in the industry. The one and only Condia. Head Chopper joins us now to talk about this weekend in daily fantasy football. Now on the podcast, Napster Man. And game analysis to save you time and help you build your bankroll. Both the salary and the matchup are just too good. If you are not playing him in your head-to-head game, you are just going to lose. Here is your host, the one and only, Dan Bach. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back, or welcome me back, Dan Bach, to the Rotor Grinders Daily Fantasy Fix Podcast. And, of course, big thank you going out to Travis and Josh. They did an amazing job filling in for me over the last couple days, and uh, I really appreciate that. I know you guys want the content. I was out of town on some work travel, so uh, great to be back, though. And, you know, whenever I step away for a little bit, Big things seem to happen, and uh, really big news in the industry with this draft acquisition by the people over at Patty Power Betfair uh, coming over to the United States and uh, having their presence known. So uh, we will get on that. Uh, we've got FanDuel adding WNBA content or games to their uh, to their offerings over there. So that's interesting. Uh, we'll certainly talk about that. And a quick reminder to you as well: two Eastern today. Uh, I'm going to be sitting down with a one-on-one with Matt Kalish of DraftKings, and we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the uh, ecosystem over at DraftKings and mainly the community guidelines. There's been a lot of kind of questions, controversy around that over the last few weeks. So we're going to hammer out some of the questions that we got asked in the uh, forum post over on Roto Grinders, and uh, I'm going to move that conversation forward a little bit today with him. So 2 Eastern, you can catch that. It's going to be on Grinders Live. Sure, we'll dub it into podcast form as well for you, so uh, be out on the lookout for that. Uh, Also, we've got a Friday night in Daily Fantasy Baseball. I'm not going to leave you without content. Come on. I'm not going to leave you without a, a, a chance for you to make some more money playing DFS. That's what the original idea of this podcast was, and that still hasn't changed. But we do have to hit up on the industry topics, and I want to start with draft. Uh, I'm going to talk with Jeremy Levine tonight on SiriusXM. So he is the CEO of uh, Draft, and uh, he and I are going to chat sometime during the 6 o'clock hour. I'm guessing probably more like 6.15-ish uh, about this. And if you didn't hear, it came out what? Wednesday, the draft was acquired by Patty Power Betfair. They are a gaming company uh, that is very prevalent uh, out there in the UK and in Europe and really looks like their first step into uh, eventually coming over to the US market. And what a better way to do it than the, uh, you know, the regulated daily fantasy market. And Draft was a company that uh, I have really been impressed with a company that uh, I think that they had the right idea when they came to market was to do something that differentiates from the competition. And I've seen nothing but uh, them grow as a company, as a brand. And and the one thing that's pretty amazing about this, and huge credit to Jeremy to get an exit, the, the dollar amount, I think it was 
like 40, 48 million dollars in that range, you know, when it was all said and done. Uh, the amazing thing is that he really weathered a tough storm for a startup company because he basically, his company was going to get started right around the time that uh, all the, you know what, hit the fan out there in New York. And basically there was very little investment capital. Uh, we didn't know what the industry was going to look like. Was it even going to exist? And he had to really figure out a way to navigate those choppy waters for a while. And he did an incredible job of that and uh, got to a point this past football season where they were able to really focus on their product and build something out. And the reason why I'm really excited about this too is draft is a game which in its, in its own right is a great game. Uh, I love playing it. But I think they'll agree I think anybody who's played on it would agree the one thing that's going to make that game better is scale. The moment that that, that, that company, that that app, that that game has major mass scale to it, it's just going to make that experience of playing on draft that much better. And there's very few partners out there, I believe, that really had the know-how and more than anything, the... Uh, the financial means to make that happen. There weren't that many companies out there that would probably get into the gaming space and would have the experience to accomplish that. And he allow aligned himself and sold his company is now a part of, you know, Betfair and Patty Power, who absolutely have the economic means to do it. They absolutely have the marketing experience in this field to do it. And what I was really impressed with on the press release itself was, hey, we're basically already looking at a $22 million loss year one. And that basically said to me, hey, we're not worried about necessarily being making money today on this investment. We know we need to grow this brand. And the only way to grow that brand is going to spend is going to be spending marketing dollars. And that's exactly what that app needed because from a tech standpoint, Niccolo is one of the very best engineers I've ever met in Daily Fantasy. He did a great job uh, over at Star Street, carried it over to uh, to Draft, and you know they just keep on getting better. You know I, I give them a lot of credit. I didn't know if I agreed with it when it happened, but you know they were very well thought when it came down to we need to fix swap on our site. You know there's. There's too much of a problem by not having late swap on here. And rather than, you know, jumping to a conclusion or jumping to a, a quick fix, they gave it a lot of thought. And, you know, I think in retrospect, they might be right in the way they do late swap um, in terms of, you know, waiting for the person to be ruled out and then only that person being allowed to make that change because it doesn't fundamentally change, doesn't fundamentally change the entire game. It just changes it for the one person who has that guy. And the push notifications on those alerts are really solid and it's worked. And I give them a lot of credit for, you know, looking at it way differently rather than, you know, rushing in and maybe doing something that they shouldn't have done in terms of their gameplay. And, you know, I don't, I think I've mentioned it here, but uh, they've advertised the other day that they're going to get into the season long kind of my fantasy league style drafts where you draft your team now, and then that's your team for the entire year, which is a completely underserved market. There's one company that's doing it now, and their tech is awful. There's no tech at all. 
And uh, I think that they looked at that and said, hey, this is an opportunity for us. So I really think they're doing great things. And, uh, and I'm excited about this because I think the more that their app grows, the more people they get on it, uh, it's just going to be drafts all day long. And I'm not just talking about head-to-heads, three-mans. I'm talking about legit, you know, six, ten-man drafts and NFL season happening every 30 seconds and getting a lot of different competition in it. That's what I really want to see. I mean, I can't wait to talk to him today and see what their goal is in terms of filling large-scale drafts because unfortunately, right now, uh, you know, outside of the RG shows, which are a lot of fun and I love doing because we can get those 10-man drafts filled quickly, most of the time they're scheduled right now. And I don't think, in my estimation, playing draft is meant to be scheduled. It should be on the go, on the run. I'm sitting in a cab. I'm sitting uh, on a train. I've got nothing to do. Why not draft a team right now? That's what that app should be. It's the casual user and they needed to hit that mass market. And I'm excited to see their plan to do that. So uh, just, you know, by the opening of that Uh, of that press release and them with the expectations of losing money because of marketing expenses, I think they're going to go about it the right way. So huge congratulations to uh, Jeremy and his team and uh, and excited to see what they have in store, you know, moving forward. So I definitely want to give them kudos for that move. I mean, man, did they... They, they nailed it in terms of finding the hole in the daily fantasy market with the snake drafts. And, uh, and I believe there is absolutely a market even greater than we've even seen to this point. So uh, we'll certainly find out, and he'll have the financial backing to, to likely make it happen. Uh, over on FanDuel today, uh, I noticed the games were posted for WNBA Uh, and this is something which uh, I'm very interested to see how much traction it gets. You know, obviously NBA fantasy is huge. We're down to the conference finals pretty much now, and they'll have some rolling two-game slates, but for, you know, all intensive purposes, NBA is gone. But WNBA uh, is a game which uh, people speculated about adding daily fantasy for a while, and I think everybody thought it would be like DraftKings who did it just because they're the ones that have all the different sports that they come to offer, but instead it was FanDuel. Now, uh, now that I look at it from that has happened, it kind of makes a little bit more sense considering FanDuel's deal with the NBA, which is obviously the you know the huge stakeholder in the WNBA. Uh, is hey, why not offer a fantasy game that pushes one of our products? And by the way, we're a giant investor into FanDuel. I don't know about giant, but a investor in FanDuel. They have somebody on the board. Uh, so they've got a lot of say, uh, you know, to, to be in touch with uh, the people over there at, uh, you know, the, the suits over at FanDuel. So uh, from that side of things, I'm not surprised to see it happen. Will it gain traction? I don't know. I, I think like in the middle of the summer, and maybe it will, just because people get bogged down a little bit with uh, with baseball every single day. It becomes kind of repetitive and boring. Um, and I don't really have a problem with them adding it because what do they really have to lose? Seriously, like what's what do they have to lose by adding WNBA to their to their platform? They have nothing to lose by adding WNBA to their platform. My problem is that first off, it's amazing to me that WNBA launches only what like three months, two months after golf finally comes to the site. So for me, it's like I would have looked at it and said, uh, there's other sports that I think have larger demand 
that we can service rather than than WNBA. Things like NASCAR, which let's face it, have an enormous audience and is something that uh, you know we've seen DraftKings have a, f- a good bit of success with. Uh, Content-wise, Stevie does an amazing job with it. It's you know there's a ton of content content out there for it. So I thought NASCAR would have made a you know uh, would have made more sense for them to be a product, especially with DraftKings already offering it. I don't see why you wouldn't follow in that, those those footsteps uh, of that company. Uh, MMA, I don't really play it, but I know a ton of people do. So why not kind of go the route of MMA and add that game to Daily Fantasy over on FanDuel? Uh, soccer obviously is already there, but they could do... Would MLS soccer be more popular than uh, than WNBA basketball? I don't know. I, I, I don't... It, I'd say it's comparable, maybe. Uh, I don't know. I just feel like there's other things they could have done, mainly NASCAR and MMA. And people could say, well, DraftKings is already doing those. So what? Not everybody plays over on DraftKings. Yeah, maybe there's a potential merger, but it hasn't happened yet. We don't know what the form is going to be of that merger. Uh, So, you know, I'll be curious to see how much traction it gets. I mean, the biggest thing with WNBA is, A, there's going to be very little content, which is actually good for you who decide to research and play it. Probably going to be super huge edge to be had early on. Absolutely. I mean, that's how it is with niche games. You know, that's uh, the less information available, the better, uh, the more skill there is to be had uh, out there or easier it is to, to kind of have that edge over the rest of the field. So you've got that side of things, which I think absolutely apply. My big thing with Daily Fantasy, and I've said this all along, and, I, and the reason why I don't think it's going to like blow up, and maybe they don't have any expect, expectation of it to blow up, but my feeling has always been Daily Fantasy doesn't make you a fan of something you're not. And I think DraftKings is a perfect example of it. Like, I don't play Daily Fantasy Soccer because I'm not a fan of soccer. I don't play Daily Fantasy MMA because I don't watch MMA. And just because there's fantasy with it doesn't mean that I tune in, uh, that I'm going to play it, and therefore I become an MMA fan. But I've always felt Daily Fantasy will make you a far greater fan of something that you might marginally like and for me that's things like golf which I like to watch Sundays now I play daily and I watch four days worth of golf NASCAR something yeah you know if it's on and I'm bored I'll give it a watch now I build my teams and I play it you know every single week watch the races pretty much every single weekend Um, but those are again those are sports that I already had an interest in you know, that I already kind of was a part of, but it just kind of added to my passion. I'm pretty sure that this isn't going to suddenly shake WNBA's, you know, bottom line and make them a, uh, a huge, you know, adds tons of popularity to their game. But again, like I mentioned, there's no downside to it. I just wish they would have attracted other games that have a larger following. I think that would have been, you know, a, a better use of resources in my eyes. But uh, if you want to play it, Check it out this weekend, Saturday, over on FanDuel. So uh, there you go. That is uh, what we've got here today um, for you as we move on to uh, Friday night in Daily Fantasy Baseball. And what a Friday night we have because we have Clayton Kershaw in Coors. And, uh, you know, I'm looking at this right now. Clayton Kershaw on FanDuel is at 9,800 today. Uh, I can't remember the last time he was under 
10K. He hasn't been under 10K. Just to give you some context here, 9,800, and he has been at 12,300 or more in one, two, three, four, five, six of his seven starts. The one time he wasn't, he was at 10-4 in Coors Field. Now, over on DraftKings, uh, quick salary analysis on him uh, at 11-3 tonight. Previously, he was at 14-2, 13-9. Uh, when he was in Colorado last time he started, he was at 10K, so he's actually uh, 1,300 more than he was last time out there in Colorado. So, uh, you know, the question is, do we play him on FanDuel today? And I'm inclined to say yes, that you do, because he's under 10K. You can still field a really good team tonight if you play Kurt Clayton Kershaw. And that's probably what I'm going to do. But I got to check the weather situation out there because it's looking like uh, as good of a day as you can have to hit in Coors Field. 73 degrees with 15 mile an hour winds blowing out. And I know that people are going to look at this last start from Kershaw and uh, be like, yeah, look at what happened last time he was in Coors. Eight hits, six innings, four earned runs and gave up three home runs. Uh, and only struck out six. Like, that was not a good performance that day. Uh, but if you look back to two previous seasons, or from three previous seasons, from 2014 to through 2016, Kershaw in Coors Field has not been a problem really at all. An ERA under three, uh, with three wins in four starts, no losses. Uh, so in 25 innings, he's given up uh, just 18 hits, 29 strikeouts, uh, and six walks, uh, two home runs in 25 innings. That was before this previous start this year. And I don't think Kershaw suddenly is any worse of a pitcher now than he was a couple of years ago. So I'm not running away from Kershaw based on one kind of questionable start, the second one of the season here, where his track record in 25 innings has been good. The ballpark you don't want to play him in is Chase Field. Uh, that's the one where he's had the worst uh, outings by far, ERA in that uh, time period of 5.4. So I'd worry much greater about that one than I would Coors Field today. And uh, But the, wet, the, you know, the wind is the really big thing here. Uh, you've got the implied team total of just about four for the Rockies. We'll see if there's any movement. Kershaw's still strong at minus 181. And the fact is that they're facing a righty today in Tyler Chatwood, which means the Dodgers' bats are going to rake. He's probably going to pick up those win points when it's all said and done. And I just feel like there's a lot of upside there with uh, with Clayton Kershaw, uh, despite being in Coors Field. If this would tick up to 10.5 on a, on a points, like a, a, run, a run line, um, and some of that would, you know, and the Dodgers would become less of a favorite, I might be able to change my tune. But here's the problem, and, and here's the other thing, too, is if we had Chris Sale, if we had other great pitching options on this slate, uh, it would be easy just to say, okay, no problem, I'll get off of Kershaw. But the fact is, the rest of the pitchers on this slate suck, and <laughs> he's not that expensive. Like, if Kershaw was like, like, I really wish FanDuel would have put him at like 11 9 today. I would have loved to see him at 11 9 because at 11 9, you're like, ooh, in Coors, ah, uh, you know, I can, you can probably not play that one. Then you look at the other pitchers and you're like, oh, the other pitchers are terrible, but do I really want to pay 11 9? I don't know. This kind of brings you back to the tough question. Now it's 9 8 for Kershaw. 
And it's like, oh, let's look at the other pitchers. They all suck. Okay, no problem. I'll pay 9-8 for Kershaw. That's kind of what I think is going to happen today. Maybe that'll blow up in my face, but uh, he's the guy that I'm looking at strongest today. Uh, and I think you can make an argument for Johnny Cueto, obviously, as well. I mean, he uh, is pitching at home, which uh, is you know an important split for him. Uh, not a super strong favorite at minus 140 today. And look at the DraftKings salary for him. He is 2900 more on DraftKings than he is on FanDuel today. So we've got him um, at 12-6 uh, over on DraftKings to Clayton Kershaw's 11-3. Uh, and on FanDuel, you're looking at two guys who are about the same price, 9-8 and 9-7. So if you're playing the comparison game, clearly Cueto stands out as like a more affordable and better option over on on FanDuel, but again, we're locking in extra win points here for him, I think, with the uh, Dodgers bats versus what San Francisco brings to the table. He's a stronger favorite, so I still think I'm on Kershaw on that one, uh, but outside of those two guys, it's slim pickings out there. Uh, Dylan Bundy against Kansas City at 8K. Again, none of these guys are just that cheap for me to kind of go there. Uh, Kansas City's offense has not been spectacular this year, but You've got uh, a minus 106 favorite for uh, Dylan Bundy. So uh, that's definitely part of the reason where I just can't like definitely endorse him as a play today. Uh, other options as we move down, man, Eddie Butler against St. Louis. He's 5'5 against St. Louis. They under are underdogs there. Uh, man, if you wanted to stack bats, if you wanted to get some uh, Nats bats, obviously some Dodger bats, you can do it. But here's the problem, too, is we've got a really underpriced team uh, in Pittsburgh out there uh, today, which kind of allows you to get these, these, you know, Kershaw and whomever you want really into your lineup as well. So uh, I don't see that as really the greatest path. So, you know, I'm going to endorse those top two guys, DraftKings, you know, you're going to probably have to make your choice there, and I'm probably going to save with Kershaw and try to, you know, I'm looking at these other options. Nothing really standing out to me uh, that of anybody that I'm overly comfortable with. Even Irvin Santana's pitched really well, but this matchup versus Cleveland on the road feels like a definite spot where Cleveland kind of gets, uh, gets to him a little bit. We see some regression there. Uh, I'm going to give you a name that I'm not in love with, but Miguel Gonzalez. I like the White Sox today. Again, always look at those lines and kind of project something in my mind of, of what it should be. And uh, that one was much greater favor for the White Sox than I expected. And uh, strikeouts aren't super high, but they're not abysmal. What, five, five, four, five, six? That's what he's been in five of his six starts so far this season. Uh, really, he's only had one complete dud of a start on the road at Detroit. Besides that, you know, he's been on the road three other times and had, uh, you know, 44, 33, a 20. And now he is, a, what, back home against the uh, the San Diego Padres. So I think Miguel Gonzalez could be uh, kind of your off-the-beaten-path play a little bit there. All right, let's jump into the bats now. And uh, we'll start at the catcher position where... Uh, again, we, we're going to be talking about Coors Field a whole lot today, and it's not going to be Colorado players. So uh, Grandal against Chatwood, the righty, is certainly going to uh, fit the bill today at under 4K. He's somebody that uh, you should be able to fit. 
into your lineups. I don't always love spending up for the catcher position. That's kind of the struggle that we have here. So uh, you could also go with uh, Gary Sanchez getting a little bit hot against McCullers at 3-5. Not in love with that one. Um, obviously, Gary is a GOAT and was last season. But uh, if you want to pivot off of chalk today, then you know Sanchez is a fine high-end pivot. And same with Gaddis uh, against Montgomery. He is just absolutely raked against lefties uh, over the last two years, 230 in that ISO and a Woba of 375. So as long as he's in the lineup, uh, obviously uh, against Montgomery, who I don't think is a bad pitcher, um, but at 3-4, I'm probably just going to pay up for those other guys. So the question is, if we want to go down a little bit in salary, you know, what are our alternatives today? Um, and I, I want to see a day where Victor Martinez actually remembers how to hit, uh, because he used to be just an awesome hitter. We used to love playing him in our fantasy games, uh, but not so much. Good thing is he's got a five game hit streak going. So maybe he's starting to return some form here and, uh, at three K against the maker of shoes out there for the Los Angeles angels of Anaheim. Uh, he's one name that uh, I'm putting on my list today. I think the Cubs get it going here. I really do. We'll see if it's Montero or Contreras. Uh, I know Vegas is not in their corner today, but I think this offense is going to wake up sooner rather than later. You're going to get those guys pretty cheap today. So, uh, you know, looks like, what, 2900 for Contreras today. Uh, usually it's been Montero against righties, but we'll double check on that one. So that's a name to, to uh, throw around there as well today. Uh, and Jason Castro is a punt at 2.5 against Josh Tomlin. Uh, one other name that uh, I've pretty much looking at today, but we should be able to uh, pay up and get an over 3K catcher into our lineups here tonight. All right, uh, moving on to the uh, first base spot. And, you know, uh, the price per dollar projection for us right now is coming up uh, for... Mitch Moreland today. I don't really see me playing Mitch Moreland today uh, at 3-1 uh, in this matchup. Alex Cobb, eh, it's not a pitcher that we necessarily need to, uh, you know, pick on here today. So price per point-wise, that's the, what the projection model is sending me. Uh, I, I'm curious how big of people are BVP guys because E5 has some epic BVP versus Urban Santana today. And then also... Um, on the high end, you've got uh, Anthony Rizzo. He has absolutely raked against uh, against Mike Leake here today. And he the problem with him is he's been absolutely slumping. And he's 4-2 today, so it's not like a gimme price. Like, there's no... Uh, there's no bad start factored into that. Like he should probably be at about 3,500. He should probably be where E5 is, but uh, he's not at this moment. So that's one problem that we kind of have today with him. For GPPs, I love the White Sox uh, tonight against Chassin, who pitches the contact. And Abreu, he's kind of fallen off his hot start the uh, or his hot streak from about a week ago. But this seems to be another spot for him to uh, potentially get going. You also actually have Davidson as a Super cheap punt if you wanted to uh, go elsewhere. And then, obviously, the chalk of the day is going to be Cody Bellinger. The kid looks to be a superstar. He's, you know, basically hitting home runs like crazy. And, oh, by the way, he's in Coors Field against Chatwood today. So his game logs are obscene, and he should probably be 5K in this stadium. So I expect him to be the cash game chalk play tonight. 
Uh, moving on to second base, uh, I think Odor is a guy that I'm absolutely looking at at just 3K. He just feels too darn cheap today. I mean, look at this uh, run line we have for Texas in this game. The total sitting at, uh, I believe, 9.5. So you've got as high of a game total in Texas today as you do in Coors Field. Now, obviously, you've got Clayton Kershaw pitching, so that's part of the reason why you see that. But uh, at 9-5 for um, 9-5 game total there, Odor really sets up as a, a solid play today at 3K. So uh, he's a guy that I've got into uh, a bunch of my lineups. Gives you good power versus Jesse Hahn. Uh, the handedness splits kind of match up for him. So, yeah, I'm absolutely fine with that one. Uh, under 3K options, two guys to do this. Is, two guys to consider are Derek Dietrich and Jed Lowry. Dietrich against Fulte. We'll see if he's leading off today. That's where we're kind of projecting him at um, as long as – he, uh, you know, is at the top of the order at 2.5, then um, I'm fine. And then Jed Lowry uh, against Andrew Kashner uh, at uh, betting second, 2.5K on that one. Uh, also, Jonathan VR again, you can get some really moderate price guys at second base today, 3-2 against Matt Harvey. So certainly a few names that, uh, that you can consider. Now, a spend at this position, you can go to uh, Altuve. He's under 4K versus a lefty. Again, that's uh, right down the, uh, the you know, important uh, rules that we have. You know, uh, Goldschmidt versus a lefty at home. Well, here's another one. Altuve ever against a lefty. Not a bad ballpark out there uh, in New York. And he's under 4K at 3,900. So, got to spend a little bit. And if you're going to go that high, obviously Murphy against Pavetta, uh, the youngster. And by the way, what a farce. Uh, again, I wasn't playing DFS yesterday, but I certainly have seen uh, on Twitter what happened where uh, basically you had Washington postpone a game and there was zero weather involved. And it was basically because they didn't want to pitch a certain guy. And the Daily Fantasy community just were not happy with that one at all. So that uh, that wasn't uh, wasn't a good look yesterday, Washington. Got to do better than that. Uh, all right, uh, let's move on to uh, third base. Uh, again, we've got, again, another guy with big BVP. I think 9 for 20 I saw with Chris Bryant today. No home runs against Mike Leak, but that certainly uh, can change. Uh, we've got a nice salary there on Miguel Sano here at just 3600 Looks too darn cheap. From my perspective, uh, I think he's, I don't say cash game lock, but uh, against Josh Tomlin, uh, and he's just morphing into the player we kind of all expected him to. So he's a guy that I like today. 600 higher gets you Turner from uh, the Dodgers against Chatwood. Eh, you know, I'm fine with Justin Turner. Um, I think I'd rather get cheaper exposure with Bellinger, maybe Grandal, and then we've got some outfielders that we can talk about as well. Uh, let's see. Machado at 3,800 against Danny Duffy. Uh, you know, he's been solid 408 Woba against that handedness of pitcher for his career. So, or excuse me, over the last two years, uh, for Machado. Actually, let me check that. I think that might be this season. Let's go to the last two seasons. So this season he's been at uh, 408, um, 396, 309 average, 223 ISO. So, uh, obviously very good there. Uh, let's see. I don't hate Kyle Seeger tonight as well. That's another one. Joseph, uh, Biagianani. Uh, I'm really bad at that, uh, at the name there, but, uh, I think that 
Seattle could put some put some runs up tonight. And, you know, I didn't talk about Cano at second base. He's really priced up today. But if you want a middle-tier option, uh, certainly Kyle Seeger today at 3,600. Uh, it kind of fits the bill for us uh, a little bit. And looking at Seeger, uh, he's been hitting the ball really well. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Uh, seven hits in the last eight games for him. So uh, definitely not quite on a heater per se, but making good contact. So uh, don't mind him kind of in that middle tier tonight. All right, moving on to the shortstop position. And for my kind of mock lineup here today, you need places to save. And I already talked about guys who are on the cheap, and I actually neglected to talk about one at third base. But Josh Harrison, uh, if he leads off today out there in Arizona, that's going to be a tough fade for me in a lot of cash games tonight if you don't want to spend uh, to Sano. But Jordy Mercer potentially batting second uh, again against a lefty in that Arizona ballpark. Uh, just, you know, too cheap. And I know he's Jordy Mercer. You're limited in your upside. But if you've got to punt one spot today, that you could do worse than that in that ballpark, which yields just a ton of runs. There was talk of them putting the baseballs in the humidor. I don't believe that has happened yet. Certainly haven't seen anything about that really being an issue whatsoever. So... Uh, absolutely got my eye on Mercer today as a punt because I'm not really loving uh, the shortstop position. Like, what are our alternatives? Uh, we talked about Texas. We've got Elvis Andrews potentially today uh, sitting at 2.8 against Jesse Hahn. Uh, he's like $1,400 cheaper over on DraftKings so or on FanDuel or, sorry, expensive on DraftKings versus FanDuel. So on FanDuel, certainly a play. And then Trey Turner does look underpriced against Pavetta. Uh, he is sitting there at uh, 3.7 on him today, and uh, he's had no problem. Just 388 Woba, 235 ISO versus right-handed pitching. So probably too cheap on that front. So uh, those are the guys I've got my eye on most. Uh, Corey Seager, a great hitter in a nice ballpark. I don't see me going to 4-3 to get him today, uh, at least in cash games in your stacks. You know, basically rock and, rock and roll with them there. Uh, Correa has been on fire for Houston, but I worry here against Montgomery. Uh, we'll see if the hot streak overtakes the poor-handedness splits. I mean, a 226 average and under 300 Woba and an ISO at, what, one, 107 against left-handed pitching in the last 177 at-bats. So uh, I'm going to fade the hot streak here today with Correa and just wait till he gets a righty that he can rake against and go back and ride that train a little bit. So, uh, so yeah, you know, cheap end. You've got Mercer, Andrews, uh, and don't sleep on Trey Turner today against Pavetta. Check on the weather in that game. Could be kind of nasty, but uh, who knows after the PPD yesterday we saw. All right, moving to the outfield. Certainly a handful of guys uh, really stand out under 3K or around that 3K uh, price range. Uh, David Peralta against Glass now. Anytime he gets a righty in at home against Arizona, we've got to take notice of it. He shouldn't be, you know, the run line in that is five. He should be 3,700, I think, not 29. So we're getting monster savings from him. Still affordable over on DraftKings as well. He's 30. Uh, looks like he's 3,700 over there on DraftKings. So I can play him there. Chris Davis in that game against Texas, 
big upgrade in the hitting department, hitting environment for him. And uh, what, 291 ISO versus righties over the last couple of seasons. And Andrew Kashner has not been very good this season. That's a high run total. Uh, there's certainly guys from Oakland side you can get a piece of. He is one that uh, I've got my eye on today. And in that same game, you've got the Shields lining, uh, leading off against Jesse Hahn at 2.7K. So uh, he's a guy I got... Uh, certainly looking towards on the cheap. Uh, Joey Rickard, uh, he's a Ricard, uh, really plays well in that leadoff spot for a value option. And, you know, it's kind of been boom or bust for him with uh, in terms of his fantasy product production. But if he draws the start today, the last two starts, he's gone for over 20 FanDuel points in each of those two games. So I don't, you know, it would have been a must play if we had Kershaw at 11-5 today, but since we don't, probably don't have to force him in tonight. Jock Peterson against uh, Tyler Chatwood tonight. Again, underpriced at 3-6. Expect him to be uh, fairly chalky, I think, in lineups today. Uh, let's see, a few other names for us. Andrew McCutcheon, again, another guy, 3,300 uh, out there in Arizona going against, what, Patrick Corbin, uh, I believe, tonight. So, uh, no, sorry, Corbin's... Yeah, Cor Corbin on the mound tonight. So, uh, yeah, McCutcheon all day long versus a lefty. Uh, 238, that uh, ISO, 375, the Woba, huge ballpark upgrade. Uh, I'm probably throwing him in my cash games as, you know, my absolute, you know, lock today at that price point on FanDuel. Let's see, on DraftKings, he's sitting 3,900, under 4K. I can do it. I can roll him out there and feel pretty good about it. So he is going to be in my lineups tonight. Uh, let's see, Nomar Mazzara uh, tonight as well. Again, I love that Texas stack tonight against Jesse Hahn. It's affordable. You can make it happen with uh, with Kershaw lineups today. So uh, at 3-3, he is uh, – Definitely a name that I'm looking to potentially play tonight. All right, that's all I got today. As we go through our Friday night slate, I'll be back on Sirius tonight from 6 to 7 with uh, Justin, and we will be breaking down uh, the slate again for you uh, after we get lineups. Uh, tons of content as well here today. If you uh, want to uh, check it out, um, we've got Grinders Live. Again, I start at 2, and then we've got shows going all the way up until 7 o'clock today. So, uh, Tons of content today, all weekend long. And if you haven't checked out our premium product, please do. I'm telling you, uh, the trend spotting column is one of my favorites. Uses that uh, that that stat cast data, which is hard to dig up and find anywhere. And Jamino and Seth have done a great job on that. So that alone is kind of worth <laughs> its weight. And then you get JM to win. Friday, we get an STL Cardinals, basically breaking down every single team for our stack purposes. So... Lots of great stuff there for you behind the paywall, so check that out. Uh, but I'm done for today. I'll be uh, back on Monday. Uh, again, thanks so much for the listen, the download, being a part of this great community of Roto Grinders. And uh, enjoy your night, enjoy your weekend, and as always, we will see you. Lowe's knows you'll do it right to find the right gifts for Dad this Father's Day. We do it right, too, with deals that'll make Dad as proud as his perfectly seared steak and his perfectly manicured lawn. Now get a Charbroil 4-Burner Advantage Series gas grill for just $169 and pick up your choice of Craftsman gas or electric string trimmer for only $99 each. Make this Father's Day his best one yet and do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Charbroil offer valid through 612, Craftsman offer valid through 619, U.S. only. 
pros do it right by relying on trusted brands to get the job done. Lowe's is here to help with more of those brands in stock like DeWalt and Little Giant. We stock the largest in-store selection of DeWalt power tools and accessories of any national retailer. Now save $60 on a two-pack of DeWalt 20-volt max batteries, now just $99. Plus, we now offer the Little Giant King Combo Ladder, the world's first step, extension, and leaning ladder, giving you the flexibility to do just about any job for only $159. Do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offer valid through 616, U.S. only. 